Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Halifax, Canada with my new friend Nina Clapperton of ninaoutandabout.ca. Nina moved to Halifax for university and stayed for four years until she left to live the digital nomad lifestyle. She loves the small town feel, even though Halifax is one of the largest cities in the Maritimes. In this episode, Nina and I talk about climbing Citadel Hill, eating clam chowder at the Bicycle Thief, and visiting the Titanic Graveyard. You'll hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Halifax. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Nina, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Halifax, Canada. And quite honestly, I don't know very much about the city. I know that it gets cold in the wintertime, and that's about all I know. But I'm really excited to learn about it and hear all your favorite tips. Yeah, most people have never heard of it or they think it's Halifax, UK, because of course, Canada, we name everything after the UK. So it's super <laughs> confusing. And that one apparently doesn't get super cold. So I guess that's the distinction. Oh, right on. Okay. So what's your connection to Halifax? I moved to Halifax when I was 18. I went there for university. I was told by my mom that I could only go like, a, a there's a a company in Canada called Porter that's a small airline company and she was like you can go Porter flight away and of course being a travel-minded person I wanted to go as far as possible so I researched where the furthest point was and it was <laughs> Halifax <laughs> so um, went out there on a whim to check out the university felt absolutely in love and then ended up staying for yeah a number of years oh that's so cool so what did you love most about about being there well, it has this really unique feel. It's like Halifax itself is quite a small central downtown area. It's about like one street long. You could kind of argue that it's two street longs if like you want to get really specific about it. But then there's this like sprawling forest around it. So it creates quite this like central community inside of the forest almost. You drive half an hour and you can go on like a solid 12 kilometer hiking trail, which like growing up in Toronto, I never had the opportunity to do because I mean, where's the forest? <laughs> like You're in Toronto. That's all you got. So going to this place that kind of had that cottage community that Canada is so known for that we really value about ourselves, like getting into the wilderness, to the lakes. And that was right at my doorstep. And then I think because of that, the people, when they are together, they're so nice to each other, which again, like, I don't know, Canada is supposed to be very nice. Toronto is not living up to that. So Halifax gave me that opportunity to be around people where like you walk down the street and even like my first day there, walking down Spring Garden, going to get a coffee at Tim's everyone smiles at you. People will like say good morning. And I was like, I don't know you. What are you doing? <laughs> like, this isn't allowed. We don't talk to strangers. And it was like, no, no, no. Everyone just 
appreciates everyone else and wants everyone else to have a good day. And it's such a unique thing to find in a capital city. That's so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have people that, that treat you with respect and kindness, even if they don't know who you are. And coming from LA, yeah, it's kind of the same thing you, you describe in Toronto, right? Like where everybody's busy, they're, they got their own thing going on. They don't have time to even look at you, let alone like wave and say hello. And moving to Nashville, it's a lot like you describe it. Like everybody has a little bit more time and everybody waves. Even though they don't know you, you drive past them on the, on the street, you got to make sure you wave. Otherwise, I guess you're broken some unwritten rule, you know? Yeah, I definitely accidentally offended some people that first day. So I was glad that like I had a few months to learn before I went back to actually start living there and kind of get my like maritime face ready. And yeah, and just get ready to like be around nature all the time. I mean, you're like, you're also right next to the ocean. So there was like one summer that a whale just floated into the harbor and stayed for a few days. And that's totally normal. I know that Canada is known for our wildlife and our nature, but coming from like a major city, you don't actually get to experience that that often. So going out to the Maritimes where you're literally like nature is at your back door. It's a part of your life. Moose will like wander onto the highway all the time. Like, yeah, we had seals wander up through like the club district one time for like three <laughs> days. And it was like major news across the city. And like, that's the kind of place it is where like a seal and a whale, that's going to be your main story in the Herald on the Sunday morning paper. You're not going to like have to talk about all the other nonsense in the world. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's wonderful. So like we talked about earlier, the, not a lot of people know about the city of Halifax. Where exactly in Canada is it? So that way people can kind of picture it in their mind. Yeah, so Halifax is on the East Coast. Um, it's part of the Maritimes, which is a collection of smaller provinces out there. So basically, if you picture like the end of Canada on the east, where there's like all those kind of like little scattered dots and bits, it's part of that little area where everything touches the ocean. So Nova Scotia is kind of the southern bit of the Maritimes. It's one of the biggest sections next to Newfoundland which technically isn't in the Maritimes, and I'll get called out for that later because it, I don't know, it's a whole controversy out there. The Maritimes have their own politics. It's a nightmare <laughs> to try and wade through. So Nova Scotia is kind of the southernmost, and it has a lot of like jagged edges, and Halifax is the capital city. It's a peninsula kind of towards like the southeast end of the area, so it's a bit sheltered from some of the wind, but it was actually um, one of the places where most of the Titanic, the dead, were actually unfortunately they kind of floated up to the surface there so it has one of the biggest titanic graveyards which is kind of a random thing considering it was never supposed to go anywhere near nova scotia wow what an incredible story i mean I, you wouldn't think of that but it's amazing how the sea just really kind of controls how things go so if, if people are coming to visit halifax how do they get there like you mentioned porter you know it's kind of like a more like a regional airline, I believe, for, for Canada, kind of like how Southwest started here in the U.S. So it's not like one of the major airlines, but it, it flies around regionally. So if we're coming up there to visit Halifax, would we fly on Porter or we we fly someplace else to be able to get there? Well, it's actually changed a lot in the years since I first went there. When I first went, there were about... I don't know, maybe five airlines that flew there. So you'd get Air Canada, which is Canada's biggest airline, kind of a little bit more upscale, but they have a subsection called Air Canada Rouge that's a touch cheaper. It basically just means that like they don't have the computer screens in the seat built in. They give you a tablet instead. So I don't really see the difference. I'll take the cheaper one. 
Then there's WestJet, which is another major airline in Canada, Porter. But nowadays, basically any flight will go there. There's a ton of flights now. I think Iceland Air just launched some that go straight to Europe, which is really great. It's become much more of a hub in its own right, and it's become a more of a stopover location. That way people can move on to other places in the Maritimes, can move on to places in the States. So nowadays you'd find a ton of options for flying. You can also take cruise ships in. They get um, a number of cruise ships every summer. I don't necessarily understand why you would take a cruise to Canada in the summer because the water's still really cold. I've always seen cruises as like the like Alaskan cruises or the Caribbean cruises and Nova Scotia is neither of those. But apparently it's like quite a big cruising destination. So yeah, you can find you can find your way there somehow. Some people do also come up by ferry from Maine. So yeah, a number of different routes. Okay. So like we talked about it earlier, we kind of alluded to it that obviously it does get a little chilly there in the wintertime. What's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain festivals that happen throughout the year that we, if we're looking to book our trip, we might want to say, you know what, I want to make sure I attend that one. So I'm going to visit in XYZ month. Yeah, I would definitely advise don't visit in winter unless you are ready for like a true Canadian snow bunny winter. Halifax is very close to the water, so it gets really intense winds. When I lived there, we had, well, the first year at least, every single Wednesday there was a blizzard that shut the entire city down. Businesses closed, no cars on the road, no one plowed. It was like ghost town. And it was amazing because like I was in first year university, so I didn't want to go to school. So I was very happy. But I mean... (laughs) If you're on a trip, that's not exactly ideal. So I would avoid visiting in winter when the wind does get very intense and temperatures can drop to like negative 20 on the regular. And then with wind chill, it feels like negative 40. There was one time I was clean, like blown back into my apartment from the force of the wind. So skip that. I would recommend visiting in autumn and summer. Summer in Canada is another extreme. Like we get negative 20 in the winter. We get positive 25 in the summer, sometimes positive 30. The water keeps it a little bit cooler, so it doesn't get quite as heavy of a heat as it can elsewhere. So you get a bit of a breeze, which is really lovely. In the summer, there's also um, this really great festival along the boardwalk that's called the Busker Festival, where they bring in all of these street buskers or street performers that come out from like around the world. Like I didn't even know there were buskers in Ireland, but they come out to Halifax just to show off in this performance and everyone just does their act for like a week long it's at the end of july beginning of august it varies a little bit depending on like where it falls and the weekend is always the best time to go though because it's when they have a full day of performances that you can just go to for free and just watch sword eaters flame eaters and people like there was a guy jumping on a pogo stick that jumped higher than like all the lampposts and just ridiculous things you never thought you'd see. But it's so fun. That sounds intense. It sounds yeah. amazing. I know. <laughs> like I know that first of all, I would love it. And I think my kids would love it as well. So if it's free, that's even better, right? Exactly. And it's a really great mix of activities for any kind of traveler because it is, it's so fun. You can wander in and out. You can choose what you want to do. You're not like stuck in this festival and it's free. So it's like good for budget travelers as well. And along the boardwalk, like there's tons of great food trucky kind of places as well. So it's a great like summer outdoor activity. And then I mentioned autumn as well. And I just want to like add in autumn's my favorite season all the time, but Canada gets the best leaves I've ever seen anywhere. So Halifax, which is surrounded by forests, so many forests, so many trees everywhere. Great to visit. Great to see some leaves and go hiking through the forest. It's so nice. 
I can imagine how beautiful it is, especially with all the maple leaves, like the colors changing and everything else. Oh yeah. It's like, it becomes like a full kaleidoscope. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a step back for a second. We talked about flying in to the local airport there. Once we arrive and going into the city to explore around and get to our hotel and, and see all the different attractions, going from the, the airport to the city, do we rent a car? Do we take Uber, like public transportation? Like, How do we get around from the airport to the city? And then once we get to the city, how do we get around there as well? So Uber doesn't really exist in Halifax. It like it, it exists, but it's so hard to get an Uber and to figure it out that like I basically tell people don't bother. It's just too challenging and you'll be waiting for forever. The airport's actually it was built really far from the city because they overestimated how big Halifax was going to be. So it's about 40 minutes away in Dartmouth, which is kind of it's a part of like the larger region of Halifax, but not part of Halifax proper. And it's centered away in the forest. It was really poorly built, I'll be honest. It's like a huge fog hub because they just cut down a ton of trees. Now all the fog settles there. So like it's really cool to fly in and out of because you're going to like fly through this like haze of fog that you you don't see anything. And all of a sudden like, bam, there's Nova Scotia (laughs) and all these trees. It's really like very cinematic. I highly recommend it. Yeah, but the cab rides, because it's 40 minutes away, they can cost like $80 Canadian and it takes a long time to get there. So if you really want to save money, there's a number of different options. There's this guy called like Driver Dave, and he's one of a number of shuttle buses that are around the area that you can pre-book. They're rideshare shuttles, so it means that you'll be riding with other people unless you have about four to six people yourself. But it's a great way to save money. It's a nice way to get through that like you're still on a direct route to wherever you're going. It stops at any major hotel chain or downtown, and then you can basically find your way to any accommodation. But when you're in the city itself, I recommend taking the buses everywhere. Halifax Public Transit is really good. They only have buses, which is kind of weird. They don't have any like streetcars, no underground subway system. But the buses make up for it because they do run fairly regularly. They're very easy to get onto. They're the cheapest public transport I've found in Canada so far. That's not a joke. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) real public transport. But I don't recommend driving inside the main few streets of Halifax. It's quite tight roads. There are a lot of student drivers because there's three universities in Halifax. Especially at night, you can get some like rowdy boys piled in a car that are not necessarily following the rules as best they should be. And then parking is a nightmare. So definitely, if you have a car, it's really only so you can go on kind of day trips places. But Halifax is hugely walkable. Like I didn't own a car when I lived there. I would regularly walk the length of the city, both horizontally and vertically. And I don't like max. If you tried to walk clean across the city, it takes you two hours. So realistically, if you're going to dinner and it's a few blocks from your hotel, it's so easy to just get there. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So, okay. So we get there, we call driver Dave, he gets us from the airport. We walk around the city and exploring everything around. But if we want for like a day trip, that's when we get the rental car. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. And I mean, those as well, they have buses. So if you don't feel comfortable driving, you definitely don't have to. Like there's tons of day trip excursion buses that are kind of more of a coach bus system. So if you're not a confident driver, if you're used to driving on the other side of the road, I'm terrified of driving on opposite sides of the road. So I just never bother if I go elsewhere then yeah, you can definitely find things that are, they're not too expensive, which is quite nice because I think they're still kind of targeted at the student budget because they're there so often. So nothing's crazy expensive. 
That's good to know. So, okay, so let's talk about some of the, the different things we should do when we come visit Halifax. So, like, so what are the main attractions that, that people do when they visit? Well, it depends on who you are, what you're there for. I know that like most people visit and they tend not to stay very long, which I think is really sad, to be honest. Like it's definitely a great place to come for a weekend, but I think it's nicer to stay for a little bit longer so you can fit a bit more in. So my favorite things to do that I think everyone really needs to do. Number one is walk along that boardwalk. It is so pretty. I used to just like go for runs or walks along it every single morning, every single evening, because it's just this beautiful reflective waterfront that's sometimes so still that like it's like a perfect mirror that you can see everything. And there's all these cool like little art pieces along the way. There's this one section called the Drunken Lampposts, which is based on the drunk university students in the city. So it's these three lampposts and one is standing upright, but a little bit wonky. One is like starting to fall over. And then one is kind of curved like a snake along the ground, which is kind of the three states of a (laughs) student going out to drink, which I think is a perfect representation of the city. Then there's like a huge uh, blue wave for children to like run up and down. And I don't know who invented that, but I swear to God, it is the most entertaining thing to do. Even as a grown adult, I did it and I was obsessed. It's a really nice, slow walk, very chill. You'll find a lot of the great places to eat as well. And it's a great way to get to some of the best breweries in the city. Halifax is really well known for the Alexander Keith Brewery, which is one of the biggest beers in Canada. It's a lighter ale, so it's not quite as heavy, which I think a lot of people like. Personally, I prefer skipping that one and going to Tall Ships instead, which is a smaller, more local brewery. We used to like book the whole place out. It didn't take that much, to be honest, just having like six people. You can book the whole place and then get a private tour of the vats and then get to try all their, I think they have seven now, different types of beer. And they're they're so good. It's much more of like a kind of fun pub feel. And you get to try a bunch of different local beers that aren't quite as well known elsewhere. Some other things that are really great. Citadel Hill is really well known. Halifax used to be a fort city for the military. So at the top of Citadel Hill on Sundays at noon, you'll still hear them fire a cannon, which actually caused some controversy a number of years ago when there was a G20 summit there. And no one told them that the cannon would go off so they were all (laughs) they were all posing for a photo and then of course they hear what sounds like a gunshot and that's not great so halifax has never been allowed to host that again but they still (laughs) let off the cannon so it's great there's also pier 21 which is a big port for where immigrants came into canada you can just stop in um, do a quick tour it's not very expensive and it takes you through the immigrant experience from the beginning of canada to today which is really great and it's right beside the seaport farmer's market where you can pick up a fresh lobster roll and like make a lovely day of it. And then other people really enjoy getting to go to the public gardens and wander through. My allergies are quite bad, but even in spring, like I popped a number of Benadryl and would just wander through there. They have this like beautiful gazebo that um, sometimes they have bands playing orchestral things in it. Then they have like these little bridges. It's a really lovely like grab an ice cream cone in the summer and go for a walk. Or if you want to go for more of like an intense hike, then you're going to go out further to the uh, to Point Pleasant Park, which is right along the ocean and has like some old ruins kind of still there from the military days and really good trails, especially if you're traveling with a dog. Although a lot of people may come for like just a weekend, it sounds like you can do many different days there uh, and maybe even spend like a whole week and kind of explore all those different aspects of, of the city. 
Oh, yeah. And like, and it's a really cool city because there's so much history. Like, there's a lot of haunted walks as well because there was the Halifax explosion in 1917 where um, two ships collided in the harbor and like destroyed the majority of the city, which was really interesting. So, like, there's a lot of ghosty happenings apparently, um, which I don't know if I'd believe in, but like, very cool, very weird to like just wander around the city you're living in and learn that there's all these ghosts you didn't know were there, which I think is quite fun. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, even if you don't believe in ghosts, just like sometimes just the, the prospect of it is enough to kind of make the hairs on the back of your neck rise up, you know? Yeah. So I know that every different city has certain foods that are just maybe unique or there's certain restaurants that are like you have to visit when you're, when you're there. So what are some of your favorites? Ooh, okay, this is really hard because I'm a total foodie. And when I lived there, I basically just invited people to visit so they would pay for me to eat out all the time because I just wanted to go <laughs> everywhere. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's a ton of them. I'll start off with the food that actually while I was living there, Halifax, they had this huge outcry. They actually took it to the government and they made it their municipal food. I don't really know how they did that or why because other places in Canada don't have that. But it's the doner, which most people recognize as the doner, which is like a traditional Middle Eastern kebab, usually served like in a pita with some veg. It's a great late night kind of kebab shop food. But Nova Scotia takes it way too far and like are <laughs> addicted to this stuff. They'll put it, they put it on top of poutine. They put it on everything. So when you're there, definitely go to Pizza Corner. It's this one little area just south of Citadel Hill that everyone goes to when they're drunk. It's where the seal went. So if, I mean, if a seal's coming out of the water to go there, you know it has to be worth it. <laughs> so head over there. You can get um, a Donner. It'll come wrapped in a pita, usually with like a garlic sauce. I don't actually know what the meat is, which is what always troubles me about it um, i think it's a mix of lamb and beef but it's one of those that they like shave off of like rotating metal stick and then throw in some tomatoes and lettuce and onions and you will not get kissed after that but you will enjoy it and that's important and then right beside them is smoked poutinery which has some of the best poutine i think in canada and if you're in Canada, you got to have a poutine at least once, especially in winter, because that like the cheese curds and the gravy, they will keep you warm in your soul. But I like a little bit nicer food than that sometimes. Like those are more of the late night study foods for me. Halifax is actually quite a foodie paradise that I think people don't know. So I'm going to list a number of places quite quickly because I want to get them all in. <laughs> if you really want to have some good seafood, Salties, which is right along the waterfront, great fried fish. The Five Fishermen, which used to be a morgue and is quite haunted, but is now a really great place for seafood of like any sort, anything you want, especially like a good piece of fish. McKelvey's, which is so good for their crab cakes. They're quite like a, a nice fancy place where like if you want to go on a nice date night, that's definitely where to go. And then Cheap and Cheerful, the Waterfront Warehouse does a $1 oyster happy hour. So every oyster is a dollar. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I went there, did not drink anything for happy hour and just ate like my weight in oysters. <laughs> and then for people that don't eat seafood, uh, Two Doors Down is a really great place. It does a lot of local organic food. So they do this really good fried chicken that's not greasy. It's really yummy. But they constantly change their menu too based on whatever's local and around. And then the absolute best place that everyone needs to go is the Middle Spoon. It's a dessert bar, which sounds odd because I've never really seen that before I moved there. And 
they basically do like all these specialty cocktails and then all these specialty desserts. But they also have a secret bar, which most people don't know about. And I think it's super important that everyone knows about it because it's not a well-kept secret. And I don't know how people don't know. So if you go on the Middle Spoon website, when you're on there, they have like a little navigation bar at the front that has like menu, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this weird little like emoticon face. I can't really describe it. It looks like a colon and then an arrow and then, a, I don't know, it's it's kind of a strange looking little thing. But you'll see it if you click on that. You submit your email and they'll send you a weekly email with the password to get into the secret bar, which is really fun. So it's only open Thursdays, Fridays and Saturday nights. And it's basically you show up, you walk up to like the bar of Middle Spoon, and then you have to say the password to the bartender and then they'll take you down. You go down these steps, you go through the kitchens, you go through all the backs and stuff. And you end up at this beautiful, like, Victorian bar that's underground, so cool, has better cocktails than the one above. They're super <laughs> expensive, but they will knock you out. So, like, one drink there is the equivalent of, like, three anywhere else. And you will not have heard of half the stuff in it. But just tell the waiter, like, I'm feeling sour. I'm feeling smoky. They'll give you something. And it's so good. And you can get all the desserts there, too. So it's like this perfect blend of secret bar and dessert. Oh my God. I love it. That's like so cool. Like I love those things that are, like you said, that it's sitting right, right out there in the open and most people just kind of like, ah, they just kind of, maybe they think it's like an error on their website or something like that. Right. And they don't even click on it. They're not even paying attention. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm still subscribed to it. I don't even live there anymore and I still get it. Cause I'm just, I need that connection cause I still love it so much. <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I love those places like that. Nothing like a little speakeasy to kind of make you feel like that you're part of the in crowd. Now, one of the things I was looking around and doing a little research, and I found out that there's something called Burger Week that happens in Halifax. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So Burger Week is this really, I don't know where it came from, because Halifax burgers aren't one of the foods. Like I thought it would have been, I don't know, a pizza or something like because they're students. But basically, it's this festival every year that every restaurant in the city participates in. And it's kind of a contest. This is not quite a festival, I guess. But it's a, an interesting food festival. So even restaurants that like never have a burger on their menu that are too fancy or just like a fish and chip shop, they will put a burger on their menu for this week every year. And then the whole city kind of turns into this burger week frenzy where most places offer them for $5, which is so great for all the students. It means you can go out for dinner with all your friends all the time or they're more expensive but they have like kind of like the luxury section almost so those will be like the like bison burger or i don't know like they'll have fancy bits added to them and then there's fish burgers there's veggie burgers so it's really inclusive which i really enjoy and it's a great way to like get out and see first of all see more places in the city because it's across the city so places that you might not go to like maybe there's a kind of student ghetto area it's not really a ghetto it's just it's a Canadian term it's a lovely area so you can go there safely but yeah restaurants out there that aren't kind of in the main strip you'll be able to go a little bit further out you'll see more stuff and it's all locally made it's like letting the chefs be more creative and they tend to change them up every year which is really nice because like you can go back year after year and then get all these different burgers from your favorite places. And so if you go, I recommend going to Daryl's. They do a peanut butter burger, which sounds weird, but it's the best thing ever. And I didn't, I don't know, I thought it'd be like sticky and hard to chew and like just dry. They add um, a bit of mayo and ketchup and mustard. It's the perfect blend of sweet and salty and meaty. And it's like umami. And I don't even know, like I'm drooling just thinking about it. <laughs> 
and they do it vegetarian too. So that's important. <laughs> that sounds amazing, except for the whole vegetarian part. I'm, I'm all about being a carnivore. So Burger <laughs> Week sounds like a good week for me to visit. Well, Nina, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Halifax. I learned so much and I can't wait to come visit, especially during Burger Week. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visit Halifax, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay, so it's hard not to say this one earlier, I'll be honest, because it's whenever I say Halifax, the first thing I follow it up with is Bicycle Thief, which is a weird name for a restaurant, but it's the best restaurant in that city. I've literally had people who like went to Halifax 40 years ago for school who will say like, you go to school in Halifax, have you been a Bicycle Thief? Like that's the first connection everyone has. So it's the best meal in the city. They're this really nice restaurant along the waterfront. They have a fire and ice bar outside in the winter that I've actually never been to because I'm a wuss and winter's too much for me. But it's this <laughs> great, like you sit there, you have like some ice wine sitting next to like, the tables aren't actually made of ice, they're just glass, so it looks colder than it is. And they give you a blanket, so you're fine. But in the summer, if you go there, get the clam chowder. It sounds very simple and they have lots of better stuff on the menu. It's a starter, so you still get to have the better stuff later. But the clam chowder is I don't know what they do to it, but it's the creamiest thing. It's better than anything I've ever had anywhere else. There's like these giant chunks of lobster and fresh fish in it. And it's so, so good. And it's definitely the kind of place that you can go to on a casual evening or for a celebration. Like I had my graduation meals there. I also would just go on a Thursday sometimes because I felt like it by myself. So it's a very nice inclusive place and it's very homey. It has like a slight Italian undertone. So there's always a bit of pasta on the menu, but if you're not into Italian food, you'll be fine. I, I know my wife absolutely will want me to take her there when we come visit. So that's a great suggestion. Definitely do. <laughs> you've, you've lived there for a handful of years, like during college time and everything. So I, I'm sure you have some pretty amazing memories. Probably some of them you maybe shouldn't say on the, on the radio here, <laughs> but some of them I'm, I'm sure are, are definitely wonderful to, to share. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of them from out there. It was a big turning point in my life, as I think most people's university years are. But it was also kind of the first time I got to explore on my own where I was living as well. Like I moved to Italy when I was 16 and even then it was like I was 16 so I couldn't move freely the way I wanted to. But in Halifax I could. So I actually rented a car with a friend at one point in the summer and we just drove out to one of the points. There's so many beaches around the city I'm not gonna like name specific ones because literally they're all beautiful. You could just google like beach near Halifax and you'll find a thousand places to go. And it was this beautiful like hot summer day and it was three of us in the car but my best friend and I had never touched the Atlantic Ocean. And I don't know why but we decided that, that was our goal for the day and neither one of us really thought about the fact that the Atlantic Ocean is permanently freezing. So not the best idea when we were like trying to go for a beach day and like well, I'd been doing summer school classes just to like get some extra credit. She was working full time and so we'd taken a day to do this. We wanted it to be relaxing. We were like spent a while like lounging on the beach and then as many girls do decided to like take the photo shoot kind of obligatory. So we started stepping into the water and we both kind of like ran in up to our knees, stopped for a second, <laughs> looked at each other. And then luckily my other friend was videotaping this. So I actually still have video of this, screamed and then booked it out of that water. It's just one of those moments where like we laughed so hard, I'm pretty sure I cried. And if I didn't, I've cried since when I've thought about the moment. It was a nice moment to get out. We did some hiking that day. And it was just like a really relaxing, peaceful moment that reminded me of like how beautiful the nature is there, but also like how sometimes things go a little bit awry. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. 
I'm sure that's part of the reasons why you created your podcast that we'll talk about in a, in a couple minutes. But I wasn't even there and it's bringing a smile to my face. And so I, I love happy moments like that. Like, speaking of happy moments, where's the happiest happy hour in Halifax? So this one's a tough one because I don't drink very much. So I struggled with this. Luckily, I did drink when I was living there. So there's this really cute pop-up every summer. It's not open all year round, which kind of makes it a little bit challenging for this question, I guess. But since I'm telling you to visit in summer, I mean, it works. So there's this pop-up on the corner of Spring Garden where it becomes this like outdoor patio all summer. And they have like a little like pop-up hut that on one side, it's called the Dairy Bar, which has really good ice cream. And then on the other side, it's like this little bar. And it doesn't really have a name. I think it like technically does, but everyone just says, we're gonna go to the pop-up bar. And it has these picnic tables and then you just line up. It's pretty much only flights of beer, which is the one thing. So if you're not a beer drinker, you might just get an ice cream and sit there while your friend drinks the beer. But it's just a lovely way too, because in the summer, it's kind of that perfect temperature of like it's cooling off a little bit. If you kind of stay past happy hour, you get the sunset. Halifax has really bright, lovely sunset colors. And so you'll get that like kind of wrapped around you almost. And it just feels like that homey vibe that Halifax has. I don't know, I'm sure there are cheaper happy hours that students go to at some of the skeezier bars. There are some other places that do like ice wine flights and stuff. This to me is the epitome of happiness in Halifax. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, happy hour is all about being happy, like even if you're spending a little bit more money and definitely is worth it. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. So what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Halifax? So I think it's pretty obvious because it's named after pizza, but Pizza Corner. It's not going to be like five-star pizza. It's that really good, oily, New York-style pizza. You're going to kind of need to dab the top a little bit, but it's that the great crunch. It's so perfect, especially if you, like, you've spent the night out. Like It's right beside all the bars and all the clubs. So it is where people go. Like There's a reason they all huddled there together. And there's actually two competing places across the street. I don't know why, but one of them is the Donaire place. But for some reason, it like has made a name for itself with pizza, too. And to me, those are like weird competing things. But definitely <laughs> head to Pizza Corner and like maybe do like a like foodie challenge of try them all and then see which one you prefer. I prefer the one that's kind of on the southeast corner because it just does pizza. And to me, that makes more sense. But to be honest, they're all good. And it's more about like being a part of the student culture, too, when you're there. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, uh, I'm willing to try all, all of them. I will uh, sacrifice myself. I will do it. <laughs> On behalf of everybody, I will try out all the pizzas, for sure. We appreciate your sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I know from from looking at your site and checking out your podcast, you know a ton about travel. So what's one of your best travel tips? So this is really hard to narrow down because I love giving people advice. I think it's like older sibling vibes. Like I'm always trying to teach other people (laughs) because my little sister will not listen to me. So my best tip is actually kind of a weird one, but I always tell everyone to like take free tours whenever they go anywhere. I think people assume that I'm trying to like be cheap or whatever but that's not it at all because I always pay for free tours in the end anyway but to me it's about first of all you're supporting someone who's usually like a local student that tends to be the people that run it when I was in New Zealand it was often like a retiree who would do it which I thought was a really cute thing to do to like you get to walk every day your wife gets you out of the house like (laughs) a good thing but it's a great way to like meet a local person and to then get their advice on things to do. So I'm always that keener at the front of the group who's, hey, 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 where would you eat? Where would you have this? What do you recommend? Well, just I'm definitely the annoying student, even when I'm not in class anymore. 
but it's a great way to like have that person that you can just ask whatever you want to ask and they're taking you around anyway so it also orients you around the city because i think i don't know driving and walking are two very different things so if you can on your first day just google like wherever you are plus the word free walking tour and you will almost invariably find stuff like i've found them in halifax i found them in croatia i found them everywhere and they're super helpful do tip in the end please also use it as a great guidebook into the place no that's a wonderful tip and like you said although they don't, they don't require a tip or they don't require a payment definitely help people out especially in today's age people need a little bit of extra help spare a few bucks even maybe tip them a little extra whatever you think the right amount is throw an extra five on top of it you know or an extra 10 or something you know Exactly. And if you really appreciate them, sometimes I've taken them out to like dinner or lunch because it's also a really good way of forcing them to tell you their favorite place, even if they're like trying to hide it from tourists, because like they're not going to want to eat at the gross tourist place. So it's oh, like, sure. hey, <laughs> like, where would you like to eat? And I'll like, I'll treat you to lunch. Like I've eaten at some really great places. There was like a great schnitzel place in Germany that I never would have found because it was like down four alleys. And it'll be safe then because like they're being watched by their company. So like going down an alley, not as scary. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's amazing. And I really appreciate those tips and I appreciate hearing all about Halifax. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do? And then if people have questions about Halifax, uh, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yeah, of course. So my name is Nina Clapperton and I'm a solo travel blogger and podcast host. I, like Lee, really love podcasts and giving people advice. So I host Tripping Up, which is a comedy travel podcast all about the less Instagram-worthy side of travel when things go wrong. I've had some really great guests on who have had some trip-ups around the world that you would not believe, like when a pilot didn't appear for a flight to Jamaica, or when one of my guests was protest-climbing Sugarloaf Mountain and lost her contacts halfway up. So uh, listen in to find out how those turned out. And if you want some travel tips, head to ninaoutandabout.ca for more of my travel tips about how to get out into the world and get the confidence to solo travel. And then if you want to reach me, you can email me at nina at ninaoutandabout.ca, and I'm always down to give tips. So we really appreciate you sharing all these tips. We're going to link to all those in the show notes. So that way people can easily find you. And Nina, it's great to meet you. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, thanks so much. I can't wait to show you guys around and take you to the dessert bar. Woohoo! What an awesome conversation with Nina. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Halifax. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Kona, Hawaii, to speak with my new friend Mark Chiochiela of discoverymap.com. Mark and I talk about drinking Kona coffee, watching the sea turtles at Penalulu Beach, and stargazing at Volcanoes National Park. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.